Hello, welcome to I Love Rock and Roll. I'm Ken Krantz. <laughs> that, was, that was very spooky. Thank you. Is that it? Are you going to? Yeah, I, I feel like I kind of just, I, I kind of spent it all on that right there. That's <laughs> as spooky as I can get. And it's just, it's currently for the listeners right now, it's October 4th. And I think I'm just, I think I've had my fill. And uh, I think I'm done for the season. But happy Halloween season, everybody. My name is Chip Chantry. I am your co-host. Ken, how are you, my friend? I'm doing well. This I love uh I love Halloween, by the way. Like this. Oh, so this do I. And like easily... I was kidding about that. It's I it's become maybe my favorite holiday. I because I used to be a teacher, so like I used to dread the fall because the fall was just the worst. Now I can actually enjoy it and like I really get into it and watch like very cheesy horror movies, like stupid things. Like my wife and I even lo- like, this is how much we love Halloween. We sit down every year. This will be the third or fourth year now that, and we sit down and we watch Adam Sandler's Hubie Halloween. That's a solid it, Halloween movie, by the way. It, that is a it, very solid comedy. It just puts you in the right frame of mind for Halloween. It sets the Halloween tone so well. It's not the greatest movie of all time, but it's, I, I love it. I, I just I really love it. So, you yeah, know, I'm, I'm very excited about this time of, time of year. Uh, I'm excited about the topic. I'm excited about our guest. Ken. Yeah. Intr- introduce introduce. Our, it's it feels like this. The perfect uh, Halloween guest. I, I think it is. Uh, so this gentleman is a he's a writer and a comedian from South Jersey, Southern New Jersey. Ken, how spooky can you get the Pine Barrens, the Jersey Devil? Yeah. Atl- Atlantic City. Absecan. <laughs> don't, don't get much spookier than Atlantic City. It, it really doesn't. Um, so this guy from South Jersey, he's been on Sci-Fi Network's Midnight Rewind. Uh, his show Guilty Pleasures was uh, Philadelphia Magazine's best comedy night out, which was an amazing show. Um, his writing has appeared in McSweeney's Points in Case uh, and more. And now he's released The Mummy Forgot the Chips, an album of lo-fi Halloween novelty songs for a new generation. This we're, we're talking about a very specific novelty Halloween song, maybe the granddaddy, the, the, the granddaddy of Halloween songs. I think uh, that our guest is going to rival that in coming years and generations. Ladies and gentlemen, New Jersey's own Joe Moore is here. Hello, Joe. Hello, Chip. Hello, Ken. Hello. Thanks so much for thanks so much for having me. And yeah, I, Chip, thanks for bringing that up. Um, I'm not. Like uh, I, I came here to destroy Monster Mash. Okay, I'm gonna put it away. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. We need I to hope, replace it. I hope you do, uh, because <laughs> I fucking hate this song. So, I, I know, I know that I know that's your like sacrilegious, but it's uh, it it it's not it's not like normally before an episode, I will immerse myself in the music for like a week to really get the feel for it. And I watched uh, maybe one and a half of this guy's videos yesterday and was like, I, I, th- I think I got it. I think we're yeah. good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, um, no, I, I, I have no hate. I have no hate towards Monster Mash, but I did. I definitely, I did not listen to it. I've not listened to that song in years. Um, it wasn't like reference material that I would go back to for this. Cause I mean, I think it's like, it's fun. We all get it. But um do you remember the first time you ever heard that song? Or if you had I to guess? Been, I must have been super young and just, 
I feel like it's always been around like like a Christmas song. It was just always sort of there. And uh, Ken, just so you know, so what we do is we listen to songs at Christmas time to celebrate the holiday. So, um, so um, I, I just that, I that, love that uh, that smacks of anti-Semitism. I'll does it? Okay, know. no, I I was just I was trying to explain. <laughs> I was trying to explain, Ken. <laughs> um, what, Chip, tell us, but tell us. Uh, what what's the fella's name who sang sang the song? He does he does have kind of an in, there is sort of an interesting story behind this. There is. Uh, so Robert Pickett, Bobby quotes air quotes Boris Pickett wrote this song in 1962 and lived off of it for the next 45 years. Basically, uh, he so so let's let's get in let's get into the Monster Mash. That we're, we're talking about today. I I got a soft spot for the Monster Mash. I love it because it is so dumb. It is so si- it it okay. I think there it may parallel Hubie Halloween in a way that it's not the greatest song. Nobody's ever going to say it's the greatest song, but it just puts me in the mood for Halloween. Yeah, it just like Tim Meadows unfortunately is not in the Monster Mash, but it just I want to hear it a couple <laughs> times throughout the throughout the the, the month. I want to get excited about it. It's great to have in the background. It's fun. It's not a good song. I mean, I think I think we're all on board with that. And 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 again, if you want to destroy it, we can we can take it apart. And I mean, I think we have a new king to crown right here in our midst, Ken. Yes, uh, for, for I would love that, Joe. If I'm on board, if if we can get you to replace, if if next year at this time I can't turn on the radio without hearing the Mummy forgot the chips. Yeah, uh, I, I'll be a happy I'll be a happy man. You so, and me both. Re- real quickly, be- before we get into uh, before we get into uh, BBP, as I like to call him, Bobby Boris Pickett, <laughs> before we get into BBP, uh, I want to talk BBP? about Joe Moore for a second. So just just real quick to put in context. So I mentioned this in the the intro, but you had you put out just the other day, October 1st, you released your your first album. Is that your? Yeah. I mean, you were in bands before and that type of thing. But um, so your first album, you decided and you had told me about this months ago and I was so excited. I think it was in the spring. Maybe you told me about this, that you're like, I am going to write and record a bunch of Halloween novelty songs. I'm going to release it as an album just just for shits and giggles. And uh, what is the name of the album? Is it called The Mummy Forgot the Chips? Is that the album? Yeah. OK, yeah, the that- album titles, The Mummy Forgot the Chips and the single The Mummy Forgot the Chips. Mummy, Mummy Forgot the Chips. Now, walk us through that track the mummy for got the chips what is that about <laughs> it's about society it's about the the uh, unspoken ramifications of uh of what we believe to be real and what we what we what is perceived you know yeah so so bbp put out a song called monster mash in 62 about and it's he turned the frankenstein's laboratory into a party and all the uh, dracula and all the other monsters came over and they had a party uh, you're 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 taking that concept that that tradition and taking it further. There is a party. A bunch of monsters came to uh, the Wolfman brought the you know the balls and the somebody brought the dips. But unfortunately, the mummy forgot the chips, and that's yeah. a big problem. And that is the gist of the song. And when you sent me it, I just it, it just it warmed my heart. It's my it was I was like this is I I love this more than anything I've ever heard in my oh, life. Thanks so much. Uh, what, so what was what was the idea uh, like? Did you, you were just like, fuck it, I'm going to make some because you have kids, you have two, yeah. two children. Yeah. 
you know, I think I spent a year without really performing and I had been doing a lot of comedy stuff and this is getting tired to hear at this point, you know, when people talk about what they were doing for the last three years. So like, I'll just kind of like skip all the stuff that we've heard before and say that like, I found something that I could do that gave me that same feel of like having an idea, working it out, then being done with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, you know what it's like to be working on a bit or be working on like part of a routine or whatever and coming up with a joke and and you work it. And then it gets to a point where it's kind of like not interesting or fresh and you either have to decide if it's good enough. You got to keep telling it or you got to go dig up new stuff. Right. Um, for me, this was something like these songs. I, and that's like the silly thing about it. You just said I, I told you about it in the spring. I started this back in January. And I got it from January to October. I got nine songs that clock in under 25 minutes. Yeah. Like, like that's yes. not, a, that's not a nine, doesn't seem like nine months worth of work. But um, for Father's Day last year, uh, my family got me this, like, it's called, I think it's called Monsters Night Out Volume 3 or something like that. And it's all these old, like, monster songs. There's a whole, it's not just the, Bobby Boar's picket stuff. There's a whole genre of this stuff from like the fifties and sixties of this like kind of lowbrow, silly goofball stuff. And it's made, I think by like session musicians who were just like some of it, at least just goofing around in the studio and uh, you know, kind of hoping that it would pop, that they'd get some attention for it. And, and so the thing is like the production on it is not that great, <laughs> you know, like it's a uh, idea first, I think. Um, yeah. And they're dumb and they're silly. And you don't have to think about them. You just put them on they're that's what it is. And that seemed achievable to me. Um, I'm, you know, it's the album's there. It sounds what it sounds like. I don't have a lot of great equipment. I was using stuff that I've had for years and kind of cobbled together. And the uh, the songs, there's a lot of first takes, not a lot of go back and do that over again. <laughs> yeah. That's the and charm I, of it, though, I think. It's, it's, know, it's like it's like a, it's like a Ramones Halloween album. Yeah, I was just going to say it's like a spooky guided by voices. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what I what I what I kind of didn't want to say, but I ended up having to say to people is it's like, yeah, if God, if guided by voices were really inspired by the monster mash, this is maybe what it would. <laughs> but I don't want to put myself on either of those levels. But but um, yeah, it was. And I, I think, too, like you were just saying, Chip, about watching horror movies. I love horror movies. Halloween has been a lot of fun for me the last couple of years. And. I think we keep like reevaluating and revisiting the same horror movies, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Friday the 13th, The Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween. These have become like such institutions and they're not slick. You know, like they are rough around the edges. You see a boom mic here and there. You see a zipper on a monster. And like, I don't give a shit. I like it. I have a real tough time watching modern horror movies unless it's like an a24 like situation where it's like midsummer or something like that where it's like really fucked up like it again it's like oh these teen actors are it's 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 almost like the post scream stuff like i enjoyed scream but like post scream it's like oh these are all sexy teens with a slick you know and it's just like i there's no feeling to it there's no gritty like maybe my favorite is texas chainsaw massacre just for exactly what you just said because it's just so great it feels uh, familiar. It feels achieved. It feels like people just kind of messing around with a camera, you know, like, and of course it's not that there's artistry involved and all that, but, but I think that uh, idea was really interesting to me, but I'm not a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I don't know. I didn't want to do that necessarily with 
with sketch stuff. And for years I was like, I, I want to have some creative outlet and this is just what I could do. So I made the album I could make and hopefully made it in a genre that people who are listening to it don't really give a shit that the guitar solo sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine though? Could you like, I want to see that Spotify review or whatever, whatever it is, YouTube comment where it's like, the, the, like somebody's just like this song about how somebody puts spiders in the punch has a production value that's subpar. Like <laughs> the, the drum solo on Vampire Boogie at Graveyard Ball is is terrible. Have have some respect and put some time into give the mummy a stuff back. Yeah. And, yeah and would, by the way, you, you, the listeners. Who who is this for? Is this for kids? Is this for because I feel like there's like some that are like, you know, the mummy forgot the chips. That's I I, I feel like you wrote that for your daughter. Like, but but then there's other ones that I feel like are a little bit more a uh, little bit more uh, mature. Yeah. Well, you know, after I wrote the first two or three, then it was like you kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel to think of more monster song ideas. I wanted to go for 13 and I got there, but four of them, I think, were two didn't really fit what was going on so it's just nine tracks but um as far as audience it is pg pg yeah, yeah. you know like because i have kids around who were while i was recording it in the room with me so um but I, so i don't really i don't know i don't really care i, I think it's for whoever yeah i, I was listening oh, to it last night and i was thinking like i i have a my daughter's six and i was like oh she would love this but i have to figure out Cause she's already at that age where she's like too cool for anything that I like. Yeah. So if I say to her like, Hey, I heard this uh, great, this, some great Halloween songs. And I, if I, if I say that I like them, she's going to be like, hate it. So I have yeah. to like, I have to have it on in the background and be like, Oh, what is this? And then she'll be like, that's hey, the mommy. Cool. Yeah. Oh, let me check this out. I, I like how your six-year-old daughter is going to discover uh, discover Joe Moore's Exploding Hollow Hollow Halloween Garage the same way I discovered the Velvet Underground. <laughs> like it's gonna, <laughs> <laughs> or like she's gotten she's gotten too old for this now. But or like I used to, uh, you know, we'd get in the car and there'd be music on. She'd be like, "Daddy, what are we listening to?" And instead of saying the White Stripes. I'd be like, oh, this is Justin Bieber. And she'd be like, oh, oh, I like it. Yeah. Yeah. Is she into like the is she into the kids bop stuff? She just went to kids bop in concert and it is uh luckily I didn't I didn't go. Her mom. Yeah, my daughter, my daughter's six too. So she's like right in there. She's very, and then and then she'll she'll be playing I'll be like, hey, what was your favorite song? what was your favorite song? And she'll, I don't remember what she said, but then I'll be like, Oh, uh, whose song is it? You know, cause kids bop, it's just uh, kids doing popular songs. Yeah, she was like, fucking she was cover band. Yeah. She was like, it's kids bop. She's like, it's kids bop song, dad. And I'm like, no, it's not. No, it's not. You little idiot. They're covering yeah. songs. Those yeah. fucking kids don't write anything. Yeah, this is two live crew covered by Kids Bop. Oh, by the way, you did. Speaking of concerts, you did a show, didn't you? That I wanted to go to. I had a show that night. Didn't you yeah, do a show? Yeah, I had my. I did one show so far, and I have three more coming up. 
It's the 17, 21, 26 hike tour because it's October 17th, 21st, and 26th. <laughs> um, Where are you all doing in Philly, All in Philly here. Uh, and the first one, friends of mine from D.C. were coming up, and we were trying to get a show together. And I, it was it's really tough to book uh, music venues now because every band in the world is touring and a lot of venues closed. So um, it was difficult to get something together. And then they had an opportunity to play, and I couldn't get my band to all make it there so i just played solo and it was kind of like karaoke like i had because i recorded it at home i was able to cut the vocals on a couple of the songs mm-hmm. and just like played over that and then just played guitar to a couple songs yeah it was it was really weird and fun but these shows with the bands are like we've been practicing a lot and it's like oh well, we've been practicing a little but it sounds fucking awesome it sounds cool that's great where, where are you going to be playing uh the 17th is at ortlieb's it's a monday night Mm-hmm. Um, and we're playing with a band from Philly called Seismic that is like this metal band that's awesome. And we're playing with fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez too, who's got a country album he's been working on. I'm so excited about that. It's I, are you I, Ken? I don't think you're familiar with fastball pitcher Bob Gutierrez, no. are no. you? It's I will introduce you to his work, and it's it's the it's the greatest thing ever. He's a modern day folk hero. He is. He he is. Yeah. yeah um, check it out. But. That, then the 21st, we're playing at the Adrian at the playground, the comedy yep. sports stage there for a part, uh, Philly Sketch Fest. And then um, the 26th, we're playing at Plays and Players upstairs uh, the, at the next to Quigs there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, by, so, uh, by the way, uh, fastball. Nice. Right there he is. Yeah, there's, I have there's that one. sticker on my car. The only sticker on my car is a picture of fastball pitcher fastball. Bob Gutierrez. Yeah. Um, well, that's, you know, I you you're going to come across somebody on the road who fucking hates that guy and is going to run you right off the road. That's why <laughs> I, I don't get, I don't get bumper stickers. I'm like, uh, I'm going to come across the one dude that that triggers. What the was bu- this? What was the bumper sticker that sets you off? What's the one that you seen? You're like, that's the guy I'm going to drive off the road today. It's probably coexist. That's my guess. <laughs> <laughs> it's anything bragging about your kid that, that, that annoys me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, okay. Yeah. Do you want to, let's, let's jump into, let's uh, get into this. BBT. Let's get into the monster match. First off, I don't like that. This dude took his nickname from the guy he did the impression of. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? That, that would be like if rich little called himself like, like rich Jack Nicholson little, like you can't yeah, just yeah, take yeah. the guy's name and have that be your J. Chris, Christopher Walken Moore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird Al Jackson. <laughs> uh, um, but this guy, so this guy was apparently. Carlos, every other uh, comedian men see it. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> there's a, there's a 15 year old reference. Okay. <laughs> Uh, listen, we're we're covering a sixty-year-old novelty song. I don't think That's a fifteen-year-old yeah. reference yeah. is is our yeah. biggest issue. Um, so this dude, uh, uh, Pickett, he was like, he was like an actor, right? Like he yeah, he paid he an aspiring actor. Acting. He wanted. To, he was yeah. on a lot of TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, and. And he was in a doo-wop group called the Cordials as well. They were like trying to make it happen. And they cut this song. I guess there was a lot of um, this was right around uh, when all those novelty dance songs were coming out, like the mashed potato 
and the twist, the twi- like people don't even think about it, but like the twist is technically a novelty song. It's like, oh, for sure, it has, to, it has to do with a dance and 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 again, I think Joe, you were talking about that the album that your family got you and like you know all these like studio musicians. It's like, yeah, why not try to cash in and in nineteen sixty three or whatever and be like, people are buying this up. If I can do something kind of silly and then just start getting paid for it, why not? Yeah. But this, I mean, this succeeds beyond anybody's wildest dreams. This is what blows my mind. They they wrote the song. They like wrote and recorded it in about 30 minutes. Yes. I think I yeah. read. And, and apparently it started with they were doing, the, they were singing the song. I think they this band, the Cordials, they were singing the song Little Darling by the Diamonds, you know. Mm-hmm. Little Darling, da, da, da. And in the middle, <laughs> like this is just amazing. Like. Everybody's heard that song, Little Darling, you know, na, 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 na. you know, it's just like a doo-wop song. But apparently in the middle of it, this asshole Bobby Pickett just started talking like Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, what, you're the baritone part. Why are you why are you talking like a monster? But apparently everybody like laughed like I would like I would too be like this guy's having a stroke on stage. Like I'd laugh, too. Uh, but like they liked it. So his buddy. Uh, and bandmate uh, Lenny Capizzi is the guy's name was was like, dude, you should make a song about that. And Bobby Pick was like, no, I'm like, he's like, nah, let's just keep doing what I'm doing. I'm an actor and I'm trying to make it. And then apparently two weeks later, his acting agent died. So it's like, well, all right now I, I, I'm str- I'm a struggling actor. Now my acting agent is in heaven. I got no- I got nothing left. I- Maybe I should try to write this thing. And like you said, Ken. It took less than an hour and they just his acting just, agent just, probably died of embarrassment when he heard he was doing a Frankenstein impression in the middle of a doo-wop song. Yeah, I think an, an hour or even a half hour, probably too long, probably too much. They probably overthought it a little bit. But but by the way, uh, Leon Russell plays on the track. Yes. Darlene yes. Love sings mm-hmm. backup. Yep. The song comes out in the summer. What was it? I, I forget. Was it like 63 or something? 62, I think. 62. Yeah. The song come, The song comes out in the summer. And I guess, I don't know if it makes any noise, but then right around Halloween, it starts getting major airplay. And this fucking thing goes to number one. Yeah. And it's like, say what you want, but. I'm willing. I, I don't know, but it, without Googling, if I had to guess if Leon Russell ever had a number one song, I would tell you no. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, is this Leon Russell's like only number one, only number one song? Although I did hear, I think there are some uh, dis- disputes, just in case we have any listeners that get Leon Russell was there for and was definitely on some of the other songs. Apparently, he was late to the recording session. And may or may not have actually played on this track, but he definitely played oh, on. God, could you imagine? Yeah, so he he puts could, out an album of of yes. monster songs. Yes, with a backing band, the Crypt Kickers. Yeah, yeah. But could you imagine? I wonder if that ever had. Like, how pissed would you be if you were Leon Russell, who like became an amazing yes you know, 
musician in his own right, but like showed up an hour late and was like, oh, oh yeah, we already put the Monster Mash yeah. song, but you can play on the other ones. And then he doesn't get any royalties for that, but he gets royalties for like, uh, you know, Igor dropped the beaker or whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he gets a, a little money every time someone forgets to turn it off. <laughs> <laughs> He's like walking around for, for the rest of his life being like, the rest of the album's pretty good too, right guys? <laughs> I like the deep tracks. I like the deep cuts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, so, go ahead. I, I was, you know, like this, this song, like, I think it, it's not without its merit. And I think at the time, right. When, when all of this stuff, all of this silly music is kind of parading around as serious, like the peppermint twist is like a danceable song. Mm-hmm. And it's about dancing, but like, no one's laughing at it, you know, like the idea that someone would kind of come in and make it something that is totally schlocky, like over the top is yeah. kind of interesting. And like that, just that no one had ever done that before. I, I listened to a lot of music that I think kind of has a sense of humor to it. And like, it's neat that, do you remember when, uh, like in the mid nineties or late nineties, late nineties, Tenacious D was like number one on TRL for a couple of weeks there. Yeah. And it's like, how the hell did that happen? Like, you know, people were like in on it How and having that fun happen? with it. Yeah, that's hilarious. Pro- probably, I would imagine in '99, like Sony spent a lot of money, or Warner Brothers spent a lot of money to make that happen. But, yeah. but also, it's just hilarious stuff. You know, it's just interesting. Yeah. So, so I'll give them some credit. Like the idea of doing goofy impressions of Boris Karloff and stuff like that. It's if it's you silly. can find your like, if you can find that in because, and I, I have a list here. But besides the sort of pseudo novelty songs, like the dance songs, like you said, the mashed potato, the twist, all those, like those were novelty songs. But then you had in 56, you had Screamin' Jay Hawkins, I Put a Spell on You, which honestly wasn't a novelty song right away, but then he kind of turned it because the the producer got them all drunk and like they just recorded this crazy take and then that's what came out. So it sort of became its own novelty song. Uh, late 50s, you had uh, the a Purple People Eater, you had uh, Witch Doctor, which was like the ooh-ee-ooh-ah, the guy who oh, did yeah. the chip chipmunks later on um and then in 1960 at uh itsy bitsy teeny weeny yellow polka dot bikini uh the trash man with surfing bird uh hello mother hello fada like all those you know and then bobby boris pig was right in there so like these are songs that we all know like everybody knows the bikini song everybody knows the purple people eater song so they're silly but it's like they just they have this foothold in at the at that time where it's like yeah we're we're, we're buying it you know, people, people were in it, got tons of radio play. So it's like, yeah, if I want to make a, make a monster song, like well, go for it. Did you see that it was, um, it doesn't come out in the UK until three years later because it was banned because yes. they thought that it was, uh, the BBC said it was too morbid to play on TV. <laughs> 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 yet yet they aired the queen's funeral for three days <laughs> three days that went on for like a month yeah yeah it's more of a graveyard bash uh, than or a graveyard <laughs> bash than a smash yes it really is <laughs> um, uh, okay so and by the way i i was trying to look this up so in 6263, he sort of takes this on the road sometimes with his band, the Crypt Kickers. And, you know, of course, I'm sure it's like these dance halls and that type of thing. Uh, his backing band at one point was the Beach Boys yeah. before they got super popular. Yeah. So the Beach Boys played that and then the Beach Boys would like cover it sometimes. But then did you see Eddie Van Halen was involved yes, in this somehow? Eddie Van Halen, a young Eddie Van Halen was in his 
I guess, touring band, or I don't know if it was uh, at if some they point. toured or uh, if it was just one or two performances. But yeah, Eddie Van, a young Eddie Van Halen was on stage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's you know, and like that he kept doing it, that he kept going back to this well throughout his career. It was like every couple of years he'd go back and do some other, you know, Halloween specific song. Uh Bobby Boris Pickett would. Uh it's, oh, we, it's we, almost we call him BBP. BBP. Yep. Double BP. Uh he um he's a sort of like uh trauma, you know, trauma movies like this Toxic Avenger and stuff mm-hmm. like that, where it's yeah. like it's just Lloyd Kaufman is just doing that as much as he can and just goes back to it. Like it's a similar thing to me where I don't know. It's an interesting approach. It's an interesting approach to creating music and really just trying to cash in, I guess, every chance he got. It's, it's a little, I mean, well, it, it's a, it's a wild success story because this, he said that, Hey, the, the royalties from this song set him up for life. Uh, But it's also, a little depressing to think that like, you know, so, so you're this young guy, you have this number one hit song and then you're probably like, Oh, I'll be able to do that again, or at least come close. And, um, like you really can't, you know, like, and, and so then you're like, Oh, well, let me try, let me try and get lightning in a bottle again. It was like when it was like with chubby checker when, uh, it was like you did the twist and then the follow up was like, let's twist again. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple years let's after keep, that was like, yeah, like, let's, let's keep twisting. Yeah, yeah. Let's make America twist again. Uh, let's. <laughs> um, and the same thing happened with uh, BBP where he yeah. was like, I was watching some videos last night that was like he's on American Bandstand a couple years later. Mm-hmm. doing the monster swim which Ooh. is the monster mash but it just takes place at a swimming pool right which and is scary in its own right it's it's instead of a graveyard smash it's a poolside smash well did but did you hear ken like a kid a kid died in that pool <laughs> yeah <laughs> so, it was actually a pretty scary pool it was <laughs> it was haunted by the ghost of little timmy something or yeah. other it was at Action Park. <laughs> <laughs> instantly haunted pool, swimming pool. I think there's okay, also well, something it, interesting that like we heard this song and then everybody was just like, all right, that's a wrap on Halloween songs. We will. We don't ever need another one. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there, I feel like like we grew up kind of with this strange nostalgia for that era, you know, like like. As a kid, I remember watching Happy Days, mm-hmm. right? Like Happy Days was something that was on TV a lot. And it doesn't make any sense that I would have watched it because I was at least 10 years removed from when it was actually on TV. And it's taking place in an era that was like 30 years, 20 years before that. And it's mm-hmm. like, what the hell? Like, So I, I think that's one of the reasons why it was so easy for me to just tune that song out as a kid was because it there was all this like packaged nostalgia for this era that I kind of grew up with that was like, all right, I get it. It's all kind of painted with one brush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. silly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. And it's because there was that thing of like, especially in the eighties, like of fifties, seventies into eighties, like fifties nostalgia, and then into sixties nostalgia. And, and that, that was just, that, that was just part of it. Hey, by the way, speaking of the eighties in 85, 
And I, I'm pretty sure I, I remember hearing this on the radio a bunch. In 85, he did a song called uh, Monster Rap, which is he was because rap is a thing now and run DMC and that type of. So he's like, I'm going to cash in on this baby and uh, and did a rap about um, about monsters. It was again. the follow up. It was like the official follow up sequel where it was like, all right, now the monsters are here and they're dancing. Mm-hmm. But somebody need, needs to teach them to talk because they yes. don't they don't know how to talk. Yeah. Uh, and what, what was the what was the the hook? It was something like shock the monster or something like that. Shock, shock the monster. Shock, shock the body. Body. Sh- shock, shock, shock. Yes. Shock the body. Yeah. Shock, shock the body. Yeah. <laughs> so now someone's got to teach them to talk and they're going to do it through rap. Mm-hmm. Oh, that sounds fun. I hope he was having fun doing it, at least. Like, if it didn't create the same commercial success, hopefully he's just having a good time. What if he wasn't? What if he was just like, uh, and to, to, to not, no pun intended, what if he was just a monster in the studio? Just like a, like, like a, like a Brian Wilson, but just like, or like a, uh, like a Brian uh, Wilson's wall, wall dad. Of sound. Wall of sound. <laughs> Brian Wilson's dad. Well, I was going to say wall of sound. Phil Spector. Phil Spector. Phil Spector. Just like, just like brandishing a gun and be like, come on, motherfuckers. We need to make this monster rap. And he's just like, <laughs> he's so just, and it's like, it's just the brink of, of just a mental breakdown. And he's just abusing the mu- musicians. He's like, uh, we have to make monster rap. Perfect. <laughs> Dracula doesn't growl. Don't growl when you're being Dracula. <laughs> it's like, it, yeah, it's like, it's like Dracula falls out of love with Frankenstein and starts dating the Wolfman. It's like it's just like Fleetwood Mac all over again, but with yeah. monsters. This is no longer a marimba. When yeah. you hit that, those are skeletons' bones. <laughs> the, the Fleetwood Mash. I'm surprised he didn't try that. Damn it! Damn at it! At some point, yeah. do you know who I am? I'm BBP. <laughs> I'm BBP, baby. And he's he's still, but like he's still on TV performing this shit in the lab coat and. Mm-hmm. I wonder if like uh, he. Oh, by the way, he definitely carried a lab coat around in his trunk, like just in case at all at all times. But you know, like he definitely have that in common. Then (laughs) (laughs) he's probably going out in public hoping to be recognized, and then like when nobody's doing, he's like, "Well, maybe if I wear the lab coat." Yeah. Um. I think I'm I'm like I'm trying to picture the Beach Boys as his backing band, like a young like Dennis and Brian Wilson being like this this fucking idiot and his monster. So who wants to hear a hundred song about monsters? That's so dumb. Yeah, yeah. we we should write a hundred. We need to write a hundred songs about surfing. (laughs) (laughs) You know, real life, the stuff that me matters. Yeah, yeah. But and then, know, like, and then like he's a, trying to collab. BBP's trying to collab. Like, what yeah. if, what if we do the monster surf? Yeah. Well, I, I remember <laughs> someone, someone was telling me there was this, this thing like they read somewhere about how the Beatles really made rock music capital A art. You know, and that like before the Beatles, you had like the, um, like w- Wooly Bully and Louie Louie and other yeah. things that are two words that kind of sound the same or are exactly the same. There's that whole genre of like kind of like frat rock just goofy, lowbrow, silly stuff. And like, that's still kind of cool. I still kind of like that. And I think a lot of the music that I really like today, I think you would kind of like put in that same category as like, it's just kind of like dumb and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I, I think that's admirable at least like that is. Right. And, and it's, it's a thing of uh, 
the the uh, the great Mr. Holland's opus. Like I always remember this, like uh, this scene of Mr. Holland's opus with uh, why am I uh, Dre- Richard Dreyfus. Richard Dreyfus, Phil Spector, Phil Spector, <laughs> yes. Where he's like he's like teaching the music appreciation class, and he's like teaching this classical stuff, and then they're just like not buying it, and then he just starts banging out like whether it was Louis Louis or just something like that on the piano, and the kids are like, "Oh my god, this is a revolution!" It's like we like this song, and it's he's like, "Yeah," because it taps into the most basic like emotions and just like dun 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 dun. dun. Yeah, it's like that's what we want to hear. Like I don't need a, a, an amazing Ingve Malmsteen like you know guitar solo like i want to hear the remotes like i i want to hear louis louis and while i'm drinking beers and i think that's why i like monster mash because it's a great background song like it's great it's like you're at a halloween party having fun you're kind of fucked up and then that comes on you're like yeah like yeah. i don't want to i don't want to listen to cigarettes at that point no, you know, like, i want to hear i want to hear monster mash when i'm drunk on the blood of my enemies exactly i think barbara the beach boys specifically though barbara ann kind of fits that too because like that one you can hear they're just goofing around in a room they say Mm -hmm. the different names at the same time like yep you know they kind of had some of that a little bit of that in them too now where they took it from there was you know they got definitely more into the like recording techniques and the sound the unique instruments and the arrangements and all that stuff and like who you know like I just don't have a mind for that stuff. Um, Did you ever hear the Who cover Barbara Ann with Keith Moon on vocals? No. No. Was it a live thing or was it actually it's, studio? It's actually, it's on the album, a quick one, It's which was like their first or second album. But there's footage of them in the studio during the making of um, Who Are You, which was Keith Moon's last album. And it's just the four of them in the studio goofing around. Did he around. quit the band? It's it's a long story. He's okay. he very yeah he permanently quit the band. Okay. Um, but uh, it's it's Keith. They they do a run through a Barbara Ann with Keith Moon on vocals, and it's the only time I, I it's the only moment I think ever caught on film where you just see Pete smiling from ear to ear. Like he's he's just genuinely enjoying playing this dumb song because it probably brings back great memories. Mm -hmm. You know how people say that, like kind of in a derogatory way about the Beatles and letting Ringo sing songs. Yeah. Like it, it feels like the who kind of like took that idea and ran with it. Like the songs that Keith sings on, it feels like they're kind of making fun of that. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to let Keith sing here. Yeah. You know, like yeah. there's a couple we closed tonight on odds and sods. He sings on um, and like uh, the punk and the grandfather, I think. Or what's the uh, there's a couple uh, songs bellboy on Quadrophenia. Yeah. Quadru- right. Right. That he sings. On, and it's like it just seems very like they're in on the joke, too. Yeah. Like, oh, and they let him and he's uh, on, on in Tommy. He's he's the wicked. uncle. He's the child molesting uncle. Yeah. They were like, you know, a part would be good for you. yeah that's where the story started they're like hey we got a great part for you keith uh we're gonna figure out the rest of the story (laughs) you you molest your nephew and we'll fill in the blanks uh later but what so okay so what do you think it was about the monster mash that everyone was just like all right that's a wrap you know what i'm like and there's there's and then i was thinking about like outside of christmas 
you don't even have a lot of holiday songs. Like, why did we decide, well, Christmas is going to get 20 billion songs. We'll give Halloween one or two. And then every other holiday can go fuck itself. We'll give the like Jews the Halloween, every, every Halloween song, 99% of, if we had to make a playlist, uh, this is, I, I'm taking Joe Moore's new album out of the equation because it's going to be the new replacement. It's going to be the big thing. But before that, every other Halloween song, I feel like is by accident or it's a backdoor Halloween song, like Thriller. Thriller's not a Halloween song, right. but it just happens to be about that. So we played it. Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters is about the movie. Everybody plays it at Halloween. So are, are there other Halloween songs? I'm trying to think of like songs that are specifically Halloween that like are in. I'm sure there's a bunch of underground ones, but like, are there any others like that everybody knows? Now, I was even I was even looking at like a Halloween playlist, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is like movie scores. It's right. like the actual Halloween song. Yeah, Halloween, the piano. Adam's family. Yeah. Yeah, Adam's family. Um, so no, I, I don't know, but then there's also like it's not much in the way of Thanksgiving songs, right? Or well, Easter. I mean, I, I would say that in the fall is when I like to, and this is relatively recently, I didn't get into this band until the last couple of years, but the Misfits feel like a October band for me because mm-hmm. a lot of their songs are kind of like that. And I, I'm not a huge White Zombie fan, but I know that they're kind of like in that vein too. Now, I mean, we're talking about like big hitting and like, you know, hits that were specifically written around Halloween. And I think maybe that's just more like a shared sensibility, but but I mean, yeah. maybe that's the nice thing about Halloween, right? Is that it allows for these things that maybe kind of it, it allows a context for those things to kind of exist in, mm-hmm. you know, that's fun to revisit. Yeah. yeah like the cramps kind of in the same in the same. Yeah, thing. absolutely. Cramps. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, uh, I'd like to take uh, a moment to uh, thank our sponsor. Uh, uh, the, our sponsor this week is uh, the movie. The Son of Dracula, 1974. Uh, make sure you check it out. Uh, starring Harry Nilsson as the Son of Dracula and Ringo Starr as Merlin for some fucking reason. Check it out on YouTube. <laughs> the Son of Dracula. Maybe that's the movie that just did it in. Like they were just like, you know what? We don't need any more. No crossover anymore. Yeah. Uh, Joe, have you seen The Son of Dracula, 1974's Son of Dracula? You know, I started it. I didn't finish it. I started it, though. That's I think most people. Are yeah, that's in, that's are the right way to watch that movie. Uh, you just we did. You watch it a little bit uh, once and then you never go back to continue. Yeah, I was um, reminded of something of like anything else and was like, oh, yeah, what about that? I wonder how <laughs> wonder what's under this couch right now. <laughs> go look. Uh, and by the way, uh, go back to. I guess it was last year, Ken, or early in the spring. Uh, go back to an old episode of I Love Rock and Roll with our uh, very uh, special guest, uh, Brian O'Halloran from Clerks, as we discuss uh, The Son of Dracula, the the quintessential Dracula spawn movie. I love Nielsen and like Ringo's Ringo, you know, like, yep. so that's cool. But well, um, and that's the thing, too, where it was John. Was it John Bonham and John Bonham uh, and Keith Moon and Keith were in Moon. It? Also briefly in it. Yeah. Playing drums. Uh, yeah. Who else was in that band? Wasn't it like uh, Peter Frampton? And I how, by the way, 1974, how pissed do you think BBP was that he got passed over? Oh, man. He's like, I could yeah. I could have been in this band. 
Yeah. Well, they probably that that was. I mean, they they probably thought he was too morbid, right? Like those were all British. Oh, that's true. British. Yeah, it's too morbid. Meanwhile, when they do when they do finally release it in the UK, it goes to number three. Yeah. You know, like it's a pretty big hit, and that's that's the metric system. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's a pretty big hit all over again. Do you think he was just like? I fucking told you. I fucking told you, England. I fucking told you that song's a hit. <laughs> I, uh, by the way, by all accounts, BBP seemed like a very nice, well-adjusted man, and uh, I just love the fact that we're turning him into a just a just a horrible, horrible human being that's just yeah, so just... Dri- driven by uh, by what he does. Uh, by the way, speaking of great, great movies, horror movies, can we talk just for a minute about? 1995's hit uh, Monster Mash. Are you guys familiar with this? I'm not. So in 1995, they made Joel Cohen made a movie. Now, not the Cohen brothers, Joel Cohen. This is the famous Joel Cohen who did. I mean, he's got a big resume, the Garfield guy. He's the one who basically got the the, you probably heard that story. He got Bill Murray to agree to do the voice of Garfield because he thought he thought it was the other Joel Cohen. So he directed it. And uh, it starred. So, again, this is 1995. It starred uh, Candace Cameron, who was like probably like 20 or so at the time. And uh, Jimmy Walker was in it. Oh, there's a bunch of others. It it's I watched the trailer. It looks like I think I'm going to have to watch it. But like basically they were trying to remake. Uh, uh, sure. Uh, why can't I think of it? Uh, Tim Curry. Uh, uh, Rocky, uh, Horror. Rocky Horror. Like they tried to remake that in the worst way possible, but like basically, like it's Dracula's castle, but creepy old house, but like Frank Earth's Frankenstein's castle, but Dracula's there, the Wolfman's there, the, everybody's there, and like they're basically all trying to like either kill or use this young couple whose like car dies, and they have to like spend the night there um, to do it, and it just it it looks. God awful. So I'm uh, I'm very excited to try to watch it. That's I mean, it oh, sounds and, and Bobby Bars Bobby Bars Pickett is does at least make a cameo or does play a character in the movie. Does it count as a cameo then? I mean, like it does like this cameo star doesn't that have to have some kind of like gravitas to it more than like hey this guy who's been swinging at it for thirty years. <laughs> <He's been> <laughs> if, I think I think a cameo needs to be like a recognizable figure where you're like oh my yeah. god that's yeah. that's Stan Lee again. I, I will say and it, he probably he did have a big role. He does play Doctor Doctor Frankenstein. So Bobby Pickett like has a pretty big role in this can can i i don't i hate to i hate to like dissect the song and take the magic out of it but um it i I just feel like uh this song's bullshit like there's there's no way all those monsters just get along like you can't tell me that you can have a wolf man and a dracula and a frankenstein and zombies all in, I feel like even if those other three get along, the zombies are are pretty. Uh, they're like sharks, right? Like they just keep going. They're just killing machines, looking for can food. I, can I counter that, Ken? Yeah. Have you ever seen the Real Housewives? <laughs> I, I was, like. I feel like I was watching it this morning. If I'm it's being honest, magic. <laughs> like I feel like it's like the Real Housewives of Transylvania. It's just a bunch of 
blood sucking assholes who just throw <laughs> wine on each other. You know, my favorite thing about the Real House. This is off topic, but my favorite thing about Real Housewives franchises are like somebody makes the decision, like, "Hey, should we get? Uh, should should these women be hot?" And then somebody's like, "No, they should be used to be hot." <laughs> <laughs> That's that the makes real. It, that makes That's it. Real. That makes it more desperate and terrifying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like even uh, listen, this dude that was working in the lab late one night. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like if nothing else, this guy should have run out screaming. You know. Yeah. Instead of laying down tracks, like alert, alert the authorities, sir. They they could have written this song in a lot less than a half hour if that were the case. Yeah. I was working in the lab late one night when the monsters came and I ran. Yeah, monsters <laughs> came and I shit my pants. It's like no more lyrics. Yeah, it's like that's it. <laughs> I think one thing we do forget too is that this is a dance song. Like there is a song called "The Monster Mash," just like the mashed potato. Like so, I f- I feel like that part gets. I guess it's just because people are just too drunk. And like already like dressed like a mummy at a party. So they're just like, yeah, it's you forget that it's a monster, a monster song. Yeah. If you would do this for the 4th of July, right, if you were going to write a 4th of July song that would kind of describe what a 4th of July party already looks like, mm-hmm. it would be about like hot dogs and beer and a pool and probably like a small thing of vomit. Somebody threw up at the party. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're in a backyard patio, you know, like Maybe that's the way to take this is like we should do other holiday songs that kind of try to capture he, he what did. the party already looks like. He did. He did uh, the the Christmas. Yeah. He, uh, he, Monster ho- Monsters Holiday. Yeah. Yeah. He, he tried. And it's like, you know what? Nobody nobody wants to think about what Frankenstein's up to at Christmas, pal. <laughs> that's just it's, it's like it's like seeing your teacher at the mall. You're like, yeah. no, thanks. <laughs> um. My only the only memory of this song that I have that I like is uh, me and a bunch of my friends were at a we were in we're in the city one night, like at a steakhouse and we were drunk and um, everybody was ordering their meal and everybody got the garlic mashed potatoes as a side. And then my friend Sully like, I guess he was the first one that noticed. And then he started drunkenly singing. I'll have them mashed. I'll have <laughs> the garlic mash, the garlic mash. It was a steakhouse smash. <laughs> and uh, every time I hear that song, that's what I think of. So it makes me laugh. But other than yeah. that, it is. Uh, like I, I watched, I sent you a video last night, Chip, like Springsteen covered this a few years ago on Halloween. Yes. And it's like we we gotta, Joe, we gotta get your album out there because mm-hmm. we gotta give a guy like Springsteen more Halloween options. Yeah, that's what I wanted to do. That's all. It's a simple simple need that I have wanted to put out into the world that I give Bruce a guy like Bruce Springsteen more options for songs to cover. <laughs> <laughs> my humble my humble idea here. But if <laughs> like if you think about like it really to like that blows my mind. So like this dude was like, "Hey, maybe we can capitalize on these dumb dance crazes." And in 30 minutes spits out the monster mash and then 50 some odd years later, fucking Bruce Springsteen's covering it. 
you know, in front of a stadium. There's there's this song by a guy who calls himself the Gamaguchi himself. It's the Gamaguchi himself. And the song is called You've Got the Gamaguchi. <laughs> and this guy, it's amazing. This guy, I heard it. I heard it on WPRB maybe like 15 years ago. And it was before I had a smartphone, before I had it was easy to find stuff. I heard this song and pulled over. Did you ever do that? Pull over and write down like the name of the songs. Yeah. That you go to a record store. I drove right to a Barnes and Noble and typed in how I thought you spelled that name into one of their like kiosks to try to find it. And there was nothing. So it took me years to find hunt this song down. And it was recorded by this guy. His name was uh, Johnny, uh, John, Johnny Mangelini or something like that. He was a, a dentist uh, in California who would take a vacation, like a week or two's vacation, go to his studio and write some goofy song. And this, uh, they're like that kind of like wooly bully esque, like, you know, very like, just like, I'll say like almost pure rock and roll songs. Mm -hmm. that are just these like, yeah. yeah, silly, silly things. But man, the, um, the production on this and the way it sounds, he's howling. There's, he has his nieces singing backup vocals on it and it sounds like haunting and crazy. It's this really great song. It is, it is truly my favorite song ever is this you've got the gamaguchi and uh the b-side to it is i i want to buy a i want to buy me a dog which the monkeys ended up covering because i guess his the studio that he recorded was like a jason he had some connection to the monkeys so they bought one of his songs and then joe walsh covered the gamaguchi years later he covered that oh, song really yeah and and the kingsmen i think did a cover of it too mm -hmm. but like this was an era where a dentist could go into a studio drop you know a couple bucks record a thing and then go back to being a dentist and he did this like a bunch of years so there's like maybe he's had, he had like four or five different names uh that he operated under and it was just a single he would put out every year or two and then just in the last couple of years there's been a revival of that kind of music and there was like a festival and someone found this guy and he went and played you know a set of his songs uh but it was like out how, do you, in Utah how do you spell something. this or what's his name so it's gamaguchi g-a-m-m-a -M -M -A uh -huh. space g-o-o-c-h-e-e -E. E -E. oh there he is i got it i got it yeah okay yeah and I got, you I gotta check this you've got the gamaguchi it is my my favorite song i i ended up a bite in the bullet and i spent like 12 bucks or whatever and bought a copy of the 45 so i have it the physical media but has springsteen um, ever covered it he's getting around to it it's on his list <laughs> bon jovi's done it like four or five times <laughs> shot down by the gamaguchi <laughs> so yeah i think i think like that that genre of song and, and the fact that there's just so much of it and there's so much of this, like, you know, really like it's not indie music, but it it has a lot of the similar trappings of it. And it's, it's stuff that never really it found an audience, but a really like small audience is mm -hmm. cool to me. And I, I really love that stuff. There's a lot of it. Uh, Joe, Joe, do you have a favorite song on the album that you did right now? It's it's I think the parking lot parking lots full, mm -hmm. which is like the least <laughs> it's the least like monster mashy one i think yeah um it's and it's not very literal but the idea of the song is that uh, dracula and his chauffeur are going to the monster party at the 
graveyard mm-hmm. and like those things have such little parking lots you've ever gone to a funeral you know there's <laughs> There's really no great parking situation. They have that weird network of like roads that you can go through. Yeah. So it's about Dracula and his chauffeur tr- trying to navigate the parking lot that, of an already full party and then uh, trying to park on one of those like little ditches in a cemetery. Uh, I hate to, uh, again, I hate to be like, like the scientific approach that he's that, not going to turn into a bat. Turn into he's a bat. Turn you could just fly to the fucking party. No, no, no. Guys, because, you would, do you address it in the song? Yeah. He's got a chauffeur. His chauffeur <laughs> wants to go party too. What is his chauffeur going to drive all the way? If you're going to a party, it's nicer to roll up in the car and you like open up the back and it's a, it's just a better look for him, I think. Okay, guys, this has got really heated. Let's please let's agree to disagree, all right? <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't like the turn this, this podcast has taken. <laughs> Yeah, that about that was definitely a concern in writing the song. It is not addressed in the song. <laughs> he <laughs> but, could uh, you he know, could bite the, the chauffeur. Man. He could turn the chauffeur into a chauffeur vampire. Into a va- vampire as well. Oh, but yeah. then the chauffeur can't go out during the day to do like to run the errands. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. All right. See, I watched um, it through. This yeah. is a real thinking man's Dracula <laughs> <remember>, song. Remember? <laughs> yeah. I was watching. Um, I remember watching an episode of MTV's True Life once, and mm-hmm. it was uh, like, I want to be a vampire. It was just about a bunch of fucking teenage. Oh, I don't remember that one. It was yeah. a bunch of teenage dorks who dressed and acted like vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were showing like they would have meetings because there was like a rival uh faction of other teenage dorks who wanted to be vampires and they, sure. I guess they were like they were uh like their neighborhoods were too close together you know mm-hmm. like so I remember but, like but back in the 90s uh th- that was a very big problem fang warfare <laughs> guys come on here we go <laughs> keep going Ken keep going we just got the uh episode title um <laughs> But so they're having they're having like uh, like a teenage dork vampire council meeting about what to do about the other vampires. And I couldn't stop laughing because it's like, guys, it's 2 p.m. <laughs> You're at Denny's like vampires don't eat mozzarella sticks like just I, I just wanted to find I just wanted to find all of their dads. And give them a hug and be like, "I'm look. I'm sure you tried your best. Who know? Who knows why?" <laughs> it is an alluring lifestyle. To yeah, be a, to be a count. Maybe that's I mean, what they want. Just, they just, just want. the vampire hours. I feel like for what we do is uh, like there is something kind of romantic about doing your best shit at night and then just sleeping it off in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Daylight savings time must be a bitch for those guys. Oh, they That's always forget. Oops. Oh, oh. No, oh shit, shit, shit. Yeah. <laughs> forgot. Well, uh, this this has been part one of our 10 part series on the history of the Monster Mash. On BBP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did you have fun? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and and uh, Joseph. Uh, tell the good people where uh, just remind us the name of your album, where you can find it, where they can find you, uh, et cetera. Yeah. So it's uh check it out on Bandcamp. I suggest. Um, so it's the Joe Moore dot Bandcamp dot com. 
And uh, everywhere else, if you look for it, it's just search for the mummies. The mummy forgot the chips because I the name of the band is Joe Moore's Exploding Halloween Garage with no G and an apostrophe, and that is like a bitch for SEO and searching. Mm-hmm. So just type in the mummy forgot the chips, and it's on Apple, it's on Spotify, it's on title plus there 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 is another band called uh the joe moore's exploding with the g halloween garage uh, i'm gonna make them s- don't yeah. accidentally Our, give them the royalties uh, my my lawyer is trying to get them to put the junior at the end <laughs> <laughs> the experience the the yes. joe Mo- like yeah. I, <laughs> I was just in a I was I was in Cape May over the summer, and uh, every week at the convention hall, they've got a different old band playing. Like I went to see, I went to see the Ohio Players one night that I was there, and then I was there like a few weeks later, and it was like, oh, this is the Dire Straits experience, which is like, oh, so it's not Mark Knopfler. Like that's all. Yeah. <laughs> Is it? Lady, ladies and gentlemen, appearing tonight, not Mark Knopfler. <laughs> I should have just said that. Should been like. It would be uh, funny if the 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 Dire Straits experience was just like a doctor's office on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try and figure that one out in the car. Oh, so uh, I so I, we uh, on an, on one of my other seven podcasts, we we were talking about the movie The Princess Bride last night, and. I forgot Mark Knopfler did the soundtrack or like the score to the princess bride. And when Rob Reiner had asked Mark Knopfler to do it, he's like, sure, I'll do it on one condition. If you can take that hat that you wore in spinal tap, you know, like that hat that he wears in spinal tap, Mm -hmm. it's like the USS, whatever. He's like, you need to put that somewhere in the movie. It needs to be somewhere in the movie. And it's like this storybook movie. It's like, how do you put him on a hat? But he actually put the hat like hanging in Fred Savage's uh, bedroom, bedroom dur- during that. So it was there. So they did a screening of the movie when it was done. And then he came up to Mark. Rob Reiner came up to Mark. Oh, he's like, did you see the hat? He's like, he's, you know, it was in there. He's like, what are you talking about? He's like, you know how you said you wanted to. He's like, dude, I was fucking kidding. <laughs> <laughs> It's like he's That's like, yeah, fantastic. I was just kidding. And uh, yeah, and, uh, yeah. But uh, and Joe Moore, uh, worth the game the fight. It's it's at the Joe Moore on uh, on tweeters. Yeah, on all the social media at the Joe Moore. Mm-hmm. And check it out; it's fun. And then come to the shows, October seventeenth, twenty first, twenty sixth. I'm telling you, uh, whether or not you like the Monster Mash, the show we're putting on, I'm I'm telling you, it's entertaining. We're gonna have a really good time. And He's listeners, take to social media, put uh, put the title track, "The Mummy Forgot the Chips." Put it out there in the world and tell the world you will be a trendsetter that this is overtaking uh, BBP's Monster Mash. Yeah. Yeah. Next year at this time, we're going to have you back on the, to talk mm-hmm. about how everybody has just uh, been like, fuck the Monster Mash. Yeah. <laughs> going in a new direction. 60 years, a long time. Mm-hmm. Yep. Too and uh, BBP has unfortunately been passed since 2007. So it's been 15 years since he's been around even. So it's it's time for a new king. You're welcome. King You're Joe welcome, Moore. everybody. You're mm-hmm. welcome. Yeah. <laughs> uh, speaking of scary people, Ken Krantz, where can people find you? Uh, Ken Krantz comic uh, or um, follow follow the uh, follow the show. Tell your mm-hmm. friends about the show. Yes. Not the numbers. Uh, the numbers are growing. We're 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 going up. I'd, I'd like to see it keep going that way. Yeah. So we can bring you uh, 
more more wildly informative episodes like this like or this one. uh yeah like when Johnny Cash got into the fist fight with the ostrich great one yeah spade cooley his his water skiing park in the desert. Just we we bring the important facts to the people for free. All we for ask free. is that you listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what about you, Chip? You got anything coming up? Uh, please follow me at Chip Chantry on Twitter and Instagram this week, uh, this Thursday through Saturday, October 6th through the 9th. I'll be at Vermont Comedy Club in Burlington, Vermont with Todd Glass on October 22nd, Saturday, October 22nd, I'll be at the Sellersville Theater in Sellersville, Pennsylvania with Gary Goleman. And um, yeah, ch- check me out. Just find me on uh, on socials at Chip Chantry. All right. Uh, but Joe Moore, thank you once again. I hope you have a spooky Halloween and your your shows are great. And uh, yeah, thanks for thanks for listening, everybody. I hope this wasn't I guess this is too late, but uh, I hope you didn't get too scared listening <laughs> you think everybody heard your woo in the yeah, beginning and just people. turned it off was that chip i thought yeah. it was a ghost <laughs> oh that was me that was me joe oh, yeah i was no, i did that yeah yeah no this is what not a haunted re- podcast what a relief what yeah. a relief i could tell you were very rigid for the first 20 minutes you're like i think there's a ghost in here hey <laughs> is the mummy forgot uh the chip chantry anything or am i pulling at strings here that's a that's a great who, the mummy would never forget chip chantry thank you thank you <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week.